Hey, Chris, Adam, Rachel, how are you guys? It's been so long. Hey, man. We just wanted to, uh, you know, check on you. Yeah, ever since we finished Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, you've kind of gone MIA. Yeah, what have you uh, been up to? Oh, man, I've been so busy. I, I started rereading the Turtle comics, and I got the TMNT 90 movie score on vinyl, and I've been listening to that, like, nonstop. I watched 190 episodes of the 80s cartoon, the entire Nick series, beat the arcade game, beat the NES game, and Turtles in Time, like, three times each, watched the 2007 CGI movie, and watched Turtles 90 again, like, four more times. Oh, God. Dude, y you need to take a break. I, I even watched both Michael Bay movies. Again. Oh, oh no. God. God, guys, he's gone off the rails. I mean, truth be told, I've kind of felt a little directionless since the whole minute a day thing ended. Guys, guys, we need to help him. He's falling apart. He needs structure, and I think there's only one way to do it. Oh, please don't say it. We, we have, have to, to do, do Turtles, too. A minute at a time. I love this plan. I'm glad to be a part of it. Hey, hey, what are you guys whispering about? It's okay, Scott. We're here to help you. We're going to do The Secret of the Ooze a minute at a time. Think of it as like your daily dose of turtle therapy. It's like a sequel about the sequel. You might even say it'd be our... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Second time around. Ah! I love you guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute Season 2, a podcast discussing the secret of the ooze, one minute at a time. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Kawa Sequel Bunga! Dueling Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're about to go off on Minute 28, which begins with Angel asking Danny if Lurch's mom and sister are as big as he is, and ends with Angel asking Skinner if there's a problem. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we get uh, we get kind of kind of a crasser like Adam Sandler, Happy Madison kind of joke at the beginning of this minute. I think. Yeah, a little bit of like Lurch's mom and sister being the same person. Right. It, it just seems like some Adam Sandler would say. It's a yeah. It's a yeah. A joke about uh, inbreeding. Uh, inbreeding. Yeah. Does so? Let me ask you this. I uh, just think about I all all that makes me think about is that episode of uh, X Files. That really famous episode of X Files. Mm. Uh, I think it's called Home. Hmm. Um, oh, I've heard of I've heard of that title. Yeah, Is it's that, yeah, it's uh, terrifying. It's about like an inbred family. Oh, so not even supernatural. No, not at all. That's fun. Yeah, but like, but Mulder thinks Mulder. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, sometimes they don't. They they sometimes they're investigating things because they're weird, not just because they're supernatural. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. And that was one of the weird ones mm -hmm. where, well, it seemed like it could be a cult because they found like a bunch of dead babies in a in a yard, and then oh. it, it was it was it was 
uh, like, non- Game of Th- like Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, yeah, the babies were non-living uh, inbred. Sure, they children. were. They were. Yeah, they were, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, but no, a dark yeah. episode. But, <laughs> but it it just sounds like I don't know. It, it, it's just a little bit off-brand in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just when you know, when you're watching it, when you when you can see each joke coming like this, watching it a minute at a time, you can kind of like, that's a little weird. Yeah, to me, I, I don't know. It doesn't quite read as a joke so much as like, like to me, the punchline is Nick's, uh, Nicholas's reaction to it of just like, let's go to the shop. So yeah, he's just like, so what shop were you thinking of? <laughs> like, cause he's just like, all right, I'm, this is, <laughs> it's, po- it's pointless talking about this. I don't want to, you win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> you win this round. Danny, I you know the more we do, the more we do watch this week, I, I I find myself very strongly relating to Danny, in that you know I've lived in places where going to the store or going to the shop was this kind of code for just like do we just fuck around for like a few minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like he's just noodling around on the DVD rack like this he he does this like five times a week, yeah, um so we go to we go to Summerfield. Yes. This is the other shop in town. And uh, Summerfield is uh, uh, apparently a chain of um, actual grocery stores. Oh, so these are real. These are real. Uh, they were they were actually um, founded in 1875 uh, originally. And uh, they started out as a Bristol-based grocer uh, that uh, developed... A uh, uh, like a, a self service supermarket chain uh, in 1960, and then in the uh, 1970s and throughout, it sort of like evolved into just being uh, all everything was uh, everything became Summerfield, I guess. Um, wow, I wonder if I, I have like a very very light knowledge of like how supermarket chains work in America mm-hmm. in terms of like reporting to higher ups or corporate and whatnot. I find it very strange. The idea of Simon Skinner having like a corporate overhead to worry about or like, well, I think that they're, I don't, I don't know how corporate they are. I think they might be um, like uh, owned and operated sort of like, um, like little Caesars. Oh, where it's like, this is like your franchise. restaurant. Yeah. It is yours to run. Right. You just get the name so that people trust Yes. You know, so you're buying into us mm-hmm. by buying this name that people know. Yeah, but uh, but we'll treat you like you're an independent. Right, you're not. You just you're ju- we're just going to send you like signage and stuff like that yeah. that is fit in with the brand. Yeah, but it's yours. You get all the profits and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I've never thought about this supermarket being like one of many. I've always thought of it being like the one from Hot Fuzz. The idea of it being like a Target or mm-hmm. like a Kroger mm-hmm. kind of re- recontextualizes it a bit for me mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. Like the idea of when people in in the UK seeing like the Somerfield doors slide open, that it being like a familiar sight mm-hmm. is interesting to me. It's definitely, um, it, it's also the part of the movie that feels the most like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, oh, yeah, even just the lighting. Yeah, because that's the, there's one thing about about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead never feels like Dawn of the Dead, despite that <laughs> being like a big reference for yeah. it. It feels it's always it always felt more like uh like night of the living dead or um to a lesser extent day of the dead but it never really felt like dawn of the dead to me whereas this this bit here in the anything in summerfield always just feels like dawn of the dead right. and i think you're right i think the lighting has a lot to do with it we're just a little bit 
there's something kind of depressing about the mall in Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, where it is supposed to look like kind of dead already or empty or yeah. void, and that it, that is the 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 vibe you get in Sommerfield. Yeah, I wonder if like it has an actual because I don't know. Like I like I enjoy being inside of a Target when I have to go to a Target. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like Sommerfield actually is lit like this. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think I think some. I mean, I know a lot of grocery stores that are lit like this. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, moving out to Los Angeles, I was surprised at how dimly lit grocery stores are uh, in so Los Angeles. I'm, it's already happened. Yeah. Um, I, most of the grocery stores that I had in, uh, in Indiana, um, they're all very, very brightly fluorescent, you know, for fluorescently lit like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I think this is pretty, pretty normal. I think, um, I really love Danny being kind of in, in reading the D and then when he gets unstoppable killing machine, yeah. you see him start to be like, I'm going to buy this one. Yeah. So tell tell us about Silent Rage. So Silent Rage. So what happened was, I do you remember that part in the? Do you remember earlier in the podcast where we I, I looked up the book that Bill Bailey read or was mm-hmm. reading upon his character introduction, and it turned out to be thematically connected to Hot Fuzz in some way. It was yeah. about like a detective in a small town trying to solve a bunch of murders. Right. So I don't know why, but I looked up the Chuck Norris movie Silent Rage because yeah. like, well, maybe it also. Is connected to Hot Fuzz in some way. Sure. It has like, there's a reason that he put it there. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, it is about Chuck Norris as a sheriff who must stop a mentally ill man who goes on a rampage after being granted near indestructibility uh, because of a medical experiment. Science created him, says the poster. Now Chuck Norris must destroy him. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. It's also incredible that that's what this is about, but it's still, it, it just looks like Walker, Texas Ranger. Right. Like the, 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 cover. the poster communicates none of that story that I just told you. No. Um, Not at all. Is, are we supposed to connect? I don't know. Like, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I see very little hot fuss connection. It just like, sounds like a really kooky movie. No. I mean, the only thing that I could think of is maybe Lurch. Like right. we're just talking about Lurch and maybe Being, Lurch ha- is having the, the, having quote the mind of a, ch- of a small child. Right. But you know, in, indestructible nearly. Right. Science created him. <laughs> now Nicholas Angel must destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, Yarp is one of the greatest, but stupidest little jokes in this mm-hmm. whole movie mm-hmm. i just love how how into the idea of cleaning up vomit in aisle six <laughs> yeah. which is he's just like yarp he's so happy to yeah, be yeah to be useful i okay, think yeah yeah like it, it's not a it's a very different attitude than tina yeah for sure for sure for sure uh backing up a little bit though for sure. um back inside the in, inside like the main floor um after he uh after danny is looking at um, this uh, this silent rage thing, and uh, uh, Nicholas is sort of like wandering around in the, the yogurt, in the yogurt, in the organic foods. He goes and he sees these two butchers, um, these two butchers there. Uh, and uh, as it turns out, um, I was looking at them and I was like, "Are these butchers twins?" And uh, turns out they are in fact twins. Um, and that not only are they twins, but they are the twins that played the zombie twins in Shaun of the Dead and the twins, uh, that were in the, um, the bar, the bar at the end, the rising sun bar in the world's end. Oh, wow. So they have been in all three Cornetto films. So they are the, yeah. And, and, and we, we've given a little bit of, 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 uh, 
time to Edgar Wright's twin. What would you call it? Fixation. Fixation, I'd say twin fixation. Because it, it it's not it's not quite like it's not something that he himself was really conscious of. I think we read or listened to. Once. Right. He was like he was he was like really surprised that all of his films had twins all of his films and show and everything like they, everything he's ever done yeah. had a twin in it does that make any does that re, does that reaction make more sense to you now knowing that it's been the same twins for like three of his movies that maybe he sees it more as like putting his friends into the movie than- no because there's other twins too that's true bill bailey is playing a twin you know, uh, and and like the little the little kids in space, like those are not them. Sure, and baby uh, driver, right? And then the Katyanaga twins, and I mean, there's just twin, there's just twins and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. Are, just are Sparks the, twins? Really Did Sparks twins. have twins? Sparks, the band. Like I wonder if they. Oh, I don't know. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll have to investigate that one. Um. Yeah, so then uh so then uh Angel gets called to the uh after introducing the the butcher twins, the butcher boys, the butcher brothers. Mm-hmm. Um he gets called to the manager's office and uh goes to find out what that situation is. And I do have to point out that while the joke hasn't happened yet, uh he does have that smiling picture of him on the wall. Right, yeah, it it's om- the laugh is almost more impressive when mm-hmm. you realize that they haven't been hiding it. Yeah. You kind of see it already. Right. But it's, yeah. They just don't call attention to it, but it is already there. Yeah, it's amazing what the audience will kind of ignore or not register when it's not the center of attention or the focus of attention. Yeah. And uh, we get the appearance, first appearance of Tina, played by Alice Lowe, uh, well known to uh, a certain kind of uh, Anglophile nerd, I guess, uh, Garth Marenghi's Darth, Dark Place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, much more well known and much currently known uh, from her work in Bandersnatch as uh, the psychiatrist. Oh, right, that was her. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, also in Paddington, and a film that I saw that was produced by Edgar Wright called Sightseers. Oh, and the co-co writer of Sightseers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also plays the young lady in The World's End, and uh, she also wrote and directed the uh, horror comedy Prevenge. Uh, Ooh, I haven't seen that one. Is it good? The it's the yeah, it's the pregnancy revenge movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it's I think it's the the really kooky uh horror thing. And she's in an episode of Sherlock, The Sign of Three. Oh, that's right. She is in that one. That's uh that's my favorite episode. Really? I think it is. Oh my gosh, the IT crowd. The sign of the sign of three. That's the um I think that's the the wedding speech one. Oh, that is a really good one. That's my favorite yeah. Sherlock episode. Where it's yeah. just like their friendship. Yeah. Little Britain, the Mighty Boosh, the IT crowd. Yeah. Alice Lowe, what a career. Uh-huh. Very good. I think she'll I think she'll be in uh lots of stuff in the future for sure. Um Sightseer is I think directed by Ben Wheatley. Yeah, Ben Wheatley, right? Yeah. Who directed his fair share of Doctor Who back in the day. And uh that that uh shootout movie. Uh shootout. No. Free Fire. Free Fire. Yep, that's the one. Um, kind of recently. And I think also directed that uh the one about the hotel or whatever, the the tall building, the um oh yeah, with uh, uh, high rise, yeah, high rise with uh, L- yeah. Hiddleston, yeah, right, right, yeah, 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 right. Hiddleston, yeah, um, James Bond, yeah. So anyway, that's all those connections. Anyway, yeah. good stuff. 
Thanks for listening, guys. I think that's, yeah, I think that's all we got for this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I do, I do find the uh, the feeling of being in this grocery store very um, uh, draining. Uh, no, no, the opposite. Comforting. Very comforting. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm very comforted by it. I, like, I want to shop there. You know what? I'm kind of now, you know, with Skinner and Tina and Lurch and the Butchers. This is kind of its own little universe in the same way that the police department is. Yeah. Yeah, Where it for has sure. its own little universe going on. Yeah, for sure. You know, the more that this goes Michael. along, the more that this goes along, the more it is reminding me of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, no, very, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, there are these little kingdoms yeah. that sometimes cl- clash, where, like, the Bob's Burgers universe will clash with, like, the fish odor universe or, like, yeah. the school. The school, yeah. Like, the weird, the, the weird, like, uh, marketplace that they go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, or the the Italian restaurant across the street, right? Jimmy Pesto's. Yeah, Jimmy Pesto's. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Skinner is the Jimmy Pesto of hot yeah. fuzz. Like I don't think of because I love stuff like that. We've talked about like like the Simpsons and uh, Gilmore so Girls. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. The worlds. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of hot fuzz as being in that canon, but it kind of quietly is. Yeah. The way that Back to the Future was quietly in that canon. Wow. As well. yeah, yeah. Yeah. We may have even talked about this before because time's a flat circle. It's true. But. Interesting. Yeah. I just love his little office. It's so, I don't know. And like the fact that now that I know that it's like a chain, mm-hmm. it just sort of humbles him to me a little bit. Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, he's like, he's like a dude that owns like a little Caesars. Well, and the, be- the best part about that too is that he's wearing the Summerfield colors. The, the, oh. the white and the turquoise tie. He's a company man. Yeah, he is a company man through uh, and through. He really dad jokes a- Angel about Angle. Yeah. But at least he, at least he dad jokes him about it rather than just hey angle, hey angle, fart, you, you piece of shit, you fucking asshole. It's more like hey, look at this. It's like oh, yeah, it's something your dad's friend would do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why did dad's friends think they have to like humble you immediately first thing? It's like I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna just knock him one. I don't know. That is definitely a thing, though, for sure. <laughs> that is a hundred percent a thing. Um, do you think those videos uh, in his office next to the security cam, do you think that's security footage? That's right here. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's security footage or or do you think that it's that it's just movies? Because I, I feel like it's just movies and sometimes he just like pops on a James Bond or something. Oh, hell yeah. One of his. <laughs> yeah. One of his. <laughs> Only one of his. <laughs> I've always wondered what you would, what I would do if I had a job where a TV was in my immediate vicinity for most of the day. Yeah. Like even when I watch like clerks, I, when I said, when I said pops on a James Bond, I wasn't even thinking of the fact that he would play oh. James Bond. I just was thinking Skinner seemed like a James Bond guy. Oh, for sure. One of those like James Bond marathon. Yeah. Marathon. Although he seems he'd be, I think he's a Roger Moore guy. Oh, for sure. The seventies. Yeah. Peak sexuality. Yeah. He also seems like he'd be like a war movie guy. Like Simon Skinner's mm. a kind of dude that has a lot of Churchill quotes memorized. Oh, sure. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Timothy Dalton would crush and destroy uh, as like a Paddington villain. Oh. Subject to Paddington. Oh, don't do that to me. Because he hasn't had an old villain yet. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. Wow. Wow. Well, he's going to be on Doom Patrol, you know. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Guys, um, so just just a side row for a little bit. So Scott and I haven't, haven't really told a lot of people this, but we, we, we watched every episode of that DC Universe Titan show. <laughs> and it's not, it's not a train wreck. Well, it is. It, it is. It is not without merit. That's what I'll say. 
I don't, I don't know. I think you have to be of a of a very particular mindset like us. Sure. But what I will say is the Doom Patrol episode of that show mm. was maybe one of the best of the season. And I'm really excited about that Doom Patrol show. Yeah, me too. Me too. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. As a robot, as a car dri- as a race car driver turned robot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited about that show. Uh, and I'm really excited about Swamp Thing. I can't wait to start seeing stuff from that. Yeah, that'll be great. That's James Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Director of uh, the highest grossing movie in DC history. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's a weird thing to say. Yep. Oh, boy. Anyway. Unite the Seven. Yeah. I don't think it's quite there yet, but it will be. Sure. Uh, By history's end. Yeah, I think it I think it still has to pass uh, Dark Knight Rises, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's, and then yeah. it's all over. And then it's all over. All right. <laughs> Where it is. Um, and it's just worldwide. Certain, it's not anywhere close to domestic. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, China, me- gotta love it. Woo! <laughs> my man. My man. My China. Oh, man. And on that note, <laughs> the Dually Genre Podcast Network, if you've had enough of us, there's plenty of other podcasts no, it's not just on us. the network to go check it out. Uh, so go check out all of those things, uh, everything else that's going on. Just pop over to the website, see what we got, see if there's something that might uh, strike your fancy. And then they're all available in uh, the podcast app of your choice. So. Uh, go check those out. Do, that's duelinggenre.com. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 29 for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good.